Welcome to Waking Up with Melissa, a podcast that takes a deep dive into personal development, spirituality, and how to grow your online business. I'm your host, Melissa Ruiz, a spiritual and mindset business coach for all conscious healers out there. Stay tuned every week while I share insight on how to balance your business and also stay in alignment with your higher self. I truly feel that we all uniquely possess all the things we are seeking if we simply allow ourselves to surrender, to be present, and to take action in our lives. All right, so welcome back to another episode of Waking Up with Melissa. I am really excited because we have a special guest on. Her name is Shanila, and I am super excited because I actually just joined her breathwork certification program. I'm going to go ahead and introduce Shanila. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and some of the things that you're most known for, because I have a lot of questions for you, girl, but I'm going to first let you just start with introducing yourself. Dang, just throwing it at me, huh? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so, hi, friends. I'm Shanila. I'm the founder of Always Play Studios, where I train sound healers, breathwork coaches, and I also mentor aspiring healers on their self discovery journey, if you will. I'm a fourth generation sound healer and a breathwork coach, and that's pretty much the jam. That's what I do. Can you just like first let's dive in on what does it mean to be like a fourth generation sound healer? Like let's just start there and then we'll kind of just keep taking it. <laughs> well, to, well, to break it down for us, you know, the way that I practice sound healing isn't exactly how my ancestors or anybody in my family have done it before. Um, so the way that I practice sound healing is with crystal bowls and gongs and tuning forks and different frequencies and vibrations. But my great grandfather back in Bangladesh was a renowned folk musician and he got into a lot of trouble for being a musician and for being a singer and for using song to cultivate communities especially in a culture that didn't really let music and religion mix it was a heavily islamic culture that was separating you know the devil's work the music the song the intuition the flow the creativity the singing along all of it was separated and he actually got kicked out of his home when he was a young boy because he he felt really strongly about pursuing something he felt in his heart and then that translated into you know my great my, my grandparents being part of a musical group, my grandfather's brother and sister, both renowned musicians in Bangladesh. My aunts are, my cousins are, and now here I am, and I have no singing capacity, no singing intention. <laughs> my voice sounds kind of like a frog. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really practice singing, but the way that it shows up for me is through sound healing. I feel really connected to resonance, the sounds of bowls, different energetic feelings that I have from playing instruments like that. I just love that even back then, like your family was going against the grain and was like, nah, I'm going to do this my way, which is like so beautiful. Yeah, it's really interesting too, because most of my family are either in politics, they're either a lot of lawyers, my great, my grandfather was actually the Supreme Court judge of Bangladesh, a chief justice of the Supreme Court of Bangladesh. And so we have a lot of lawyers, people who study political science. And at the same time, we have this beautiful mix, understanding arts and understanding music, which is where I feel that part of why I can do what I do with as, as much confidence as I can do it with is because 
because it's been very normalized in my family. It's been very normalized that you can both be in science and academia and studies and also have this mysticism and this other understanding of energy and emotions and feelings through songs and sounds. Mm, the thing that stuck out the most, it's like it gets to be an and. And not an either or. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting how in this culture, well, and I would love to hear a little bit more about your background from Bangladesh because my mom's from Ecuador, born there, and my dad, born in Cuba, escaped to Cuba. Crazy story mm-hmm. as a political refugee. So it's just interesting how our backgrounds play a role in how we are today and how here in the United States, it's very much like you have to pick either you're this or you're that. And it's like, let's have more of these conversations of like, it gets to be the and. Like we get to be a singer and somebody who also does breath work and who also coaches and who also does all of these things. Not sure if you're feeling that, but like for sure online, it feels like that's like, you gotta pick, pick your niche. And it's like, uh, I don't want to. (laughs) Oh, I feel you on that. And I think it's a really dangerous rhetoric to believe that we're not multidimensional people. Part of, you know, part of my story is actually back in the day before I was in sound healing, before I was doing holistic wellness or being in breath work and having a studio that was all about wellness, I was actually a research scientist. I worked on research team looking at what girls keep, what keeps girls interested in math and sciences. And I studied implicit biases, perfectionism, grit, everything to do with like why women have a hard time in society pretty much and, and studying middle school girls college age women. And basically I experienced a huge divot in my life where I found that found out that I actually didn't know how to take care of myself from the internal level. Nobody taught me how to take care of emotions, take care of mental health, take care of physical health, take care of spiritual health, take care of anything. You're kind of just part of this regurgitated system. And so I found myself being sick a lot. There were a few injuries that I had that were part of my healing journey, my healing stories, but a a, a couple of different things that happened was part of why I came into my identity right now is because I got really sick. I started having panic attacks. I had all these cysts in my stomach. My hair was falling out. I was just fainting out of nowhere. And overall, I was like a generally healthy person. You know, I'm an athlete. I play field hockey. I do archery. You know, I'm pretty active. I do hiking and everything. I'm healthy in a lot of different ways. But I started to see all these emotional and physical manifestations of something. And for me, that's when I got really curious about like, what the heck is wrong with me when, you know, I'm, I'm generally healthy. And so this is when I started to study all these different modalities like sound healing and breath work and, uh, and holistic healing, acupuncture and all the different things that, you know, I'm into nowadays. And the reason I bring that up is because when I started to dive more into other topics and other perspectives of healing, I had a really big battle in between myself being like, oh my gosh, I'm this scientist. How can I be entertaining like this mysticism and this holistic stuff? And I have this like mind that is really about the linear, logical, systematic ways of thinking and research and evidence and clinical and data and numbers. And I'm also looking at like why energy feels good and you like float off into space and then you feel amazing, right? And so I had this discrepancy where my two identities 
identities, my scientist identity and my mystic identity were kind of at odds. And I felt that I couldn't fully dive into each of these identities because I knew that things don't actually fall on, on an extreme. Like you can't only be on one side of the extreme. There's somewhere where both worlds meet together. And for me, you know, it was, it's nice to have like examples of, you know, people in my family who were this and, but it wasn't the commonality. There were a lot of other folks that weren't, and it's not like everybody in my family was, or everybody got it or felt it or knew it. And, you know, what you mentioned, Melissa, about the kind of the rhetoric that we have in the online space where it's like, yeah, you got to niche down, you got to specify, you got to be just one, one, one. Like that's cool and dope if you're building out a business, but not if you're building out a person and you as a person are an integrative person. So part of my healing journey was actually having all my identities meet each other. Like, okay, scientists meet your mysticism, mysticism, meet your daughter hat, daughter hat, meet your, you know, friend hat and all these different identities had to meet. And part of that is also dismantling like who I am as a person when nobody's watching. What Mm -hmm. am I interested in? What am I curious about? What are my natural talents pretty much? So beautiful. We always talk about having the different aspects of ourselves just becoming and being one. Mm-hmm. And I think often that's the message that I love to talk about the most, right? Because, you know, we let's just talk about social media, right? Like we're on it. You know, sometimes it happens where we do build these personas on social media or these businesses that have almost like this caricature and we are the thing. But I feel that as we continue to evolve and we continue to step into who we're truly meant to be, that all of those facades all of those roles they just end up being right and it's less about Mm -hmm. like I am this and I am that it's just like no we're all of the things so I just love that you have that knowledge and that you lead from that place because we truly need more examples of that the same way we need more examples of people just showing up in their gifts and that it doesn't have to be either or right it doesn't have to be like you have to work your ass off and post every single day to have a popping ass business or it doesn't have to be that that we can truly just create these soulful businesses that are in true alignment to who we are and how we get to be and less mm-hmm. of i have to be but i get yeah. to do this so yeah yeah, I'm excited that we're having this combo because um, so many more people need it because, you know, online, even for me, like I remember when I first started online not too long ago and I was like, oh my God, I can't post every day. That means I'm not going to have a thriving business. Oh my God, I can't pick a niche. I'm not going to have a thriving business. And it's like, no, you know what? When you actually lead from that heart centered place of like, I'm just going to do what my body's telling me to do and what my intuition is telling me to do. And the magic lives there, right? I really am a proponent that we are really out of this girl boss era, (gasps) which was in a very masculine energy. And now we're in a more feminine energy, nothing to do with gender or gender identity or sexual identity. It's about a feminine masculine energy. And the masculine energy of doing business is really about the three steps to grow your business and five ways you'll be a millionaire. And one, two, three, four is the very like stringent and regimented way of being and thinking. Whereas that feminine energy is more about the flow and feeling and also understanding that we ebb and flow, that there's ups and there's downs and both coexist in that same space. 
And so now we're in this era of intuitive entrepreneurship where it's like, yeah, we should keep our eyes on the strategies and the, you know, the whatever funnels and brand colors and all of that. But at the end of the day, a business is about relationship. It's about connection and these dangerous rhetorics about like, oh, you got to do this and this is the rule and these are not the rules. And if you do, if you don't, da, 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 it actually puts fear into the entrepreneur and it actually holds back somebody else's creativity because you think that you have to show up in some place and you have to be a certain way or you have to say certain things that are actually not in alignment with you and we all have different archetypes i have something i created called the healer archetypes and each of us have different archetypes that are based on where we function from our energy centers and we have a nurturer archetype we have an alchemist archetype a transformer archetype and a visionary archetype and these four archetypes look completely different So for a nurturer, a nurturer archetype is somebody who really loves to have one-on-one work. They're the coach or the healer that does one-on-one stuff. They're not down to come, you know, be up all up in your face and social media and do, you know, big groups like that is not in their alignment. So to bully a nurturer to be like more, 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 it's actually opposite of what their energetic alignment is. But then you have someone like a transformer whose energy is to be speaking to more people, to be running groups, to be talking in group coaching programs and running bigger size transformations or medium to bigger size transformations, that person has a different energy center that they're functioning from. And we all have all four archetypes. We are all nurturers, alchemists, the transformer and the visionary. We're all those, but depending on our season, we are in a different archetype. So sometimes you might be in a place where you're like, I don't want to work with people. Even though my business is about people, It's not my season to work with a lot of people because it's a season where I need to go inward and I need to go inside and I need to do less. And this for me, myself, my take care of myself season is usually around November, December in the Northern Hemisphere is because I experience seasonal depression a lot. This is something that I experienced for decades of my life. And I know that my energy is going to be different. I'm going to be more tired, my body, and I'm not going to have everything to do on my schedule. So I have less things to do on my schedule during that time. But now if we were in a masculine energy that you could bully yourself and be like, okay, well now you're not consistent anymore. Now you're not doing anything and you're not showing up and you're not blah, 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 blah. You're going to fall behind. There's that fear of, you know, not doing enough, that hustle culture, that girl boss, like, you know, boss bitch, you can do everything. That kind of <laughs> that kind of ideology where it's like, no, like I'm that bitch. Like I'm napping, you know, chill. Like, let me just relax. And so understanding our flow and understanding our own circadian, ultradian and infradian rhythms and understanding a body cycle. And especially if you're somebody who menstruates, you know, you got to keep your eye on that too. Like you have, you have different energy levels. You keep your, keep track of your menstruation with the moon cycle. You understand your moon, literally the moon cycle is called the moon cycles because we used to correspond with the literal moon in the air with our blood flow with our menstruation so you're going to have different energies depending on the astrology depending on the moon depending on your period depending on life circumstances and this is about understanding and respecting your flow instead of fighting against it Mm -hmm. and so that's exactly what that intuitive entrepreneurship ideology is you're less about that force you still got to put in the work you still got to have 
discipline. You still got to have consistency. You still got to have show to show up, but your consistency and discipline and, and intentions are going to look differently as your seasons change. And your seasons could be week to week. It could be month to month. It could be pandemic to pandemic. You know, you never know. You know, one of the hardest things is for us to trust ourselves I often mm. find that like people who need a strategy is also because they want the structure and they need to know, right? It's like, there's a part of us that loves to predict, but I really love this intuitive approach. Um, and just stay with me here. Cause it may sound really crazy that somebody would operate their business on a day-to-day level, but I love to wake up and be like, what do I get to do today? Mm. Like, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? And moving from that place, less shame around what we have to do and really moving into a place of just what feels good. And that's scary for people because that requires what? It requires inner trust that you got this shit, like that your business is not going to crumble down and that you're not going to crumble down that like you, you are truly supportive. And I will add that this sounds also really crazy, but um, building a business that really supports us supports us in every sense of the way, right? So we talk about the energetic centers, the way you explained it, so beautiful. This is why I also love human design because we can truly really build our businesses around what feels really good for us in the way we were made up, but also this notion of, I have a lot of clients today and if I wanna cancel that, I get to do that. Mm. I get to do that and there's no shame and there's no I'm less of a boss it just means that I've already attracted these beautiful souls that get me and in some weird way every time that happens the person's like oh yeah I actually had something else to do and I forgot I was going to cancel this or like actually that actually works better and giving people that permission I think we're both saying the same thing in all different ways and it's so beautiful to just kind of like kick it with you here and Mm. just really have that real conversation normalizing this right and not having people forced to do things copy edit delete because I learned this from my coach and it's like no you know what's actually going to work the thing that feels good for you and also that plays a part into the person who's receiving that information because you have to be ready to receive that right? If you're listening to this my podcast listeners and you're like yeah I want to do that right like how do I do that you're the person, right? Like, remember, you're the CEO, you're the one that makes the rules, Mm. you're the ones that gets to decide, right? It's less about giving away our power and more about tuning in. Absolutely. And you know, Melissa, back in the day, I actually had an award winning tech company Mm. that I started from my college dorm. And it was actually a very successful company. You know, I made money, you know, I got awards and all this stuff. It was really cool, but it's exactly along the lines of what you're saying that there, you can get the thing that you want by force and by, you know, some level of disciplinary action and not to say, you know, making that business wasn't fun because it's definitely started out as that. But then in the momentum of that, I think we have to always come back to, wait a second, why am I doing this? Mm. What feels exciting about this? And it wasn't. And so then I left, you know, and then there's a period of time where you might be confused because you haven't really identified what your value system is. And one thing that I've been talking about, you know, in our full half a week into January is, you know, 2021 isn't really about setting the goals anymore. It's not about short-lived 
things you're going to achieve on a piece of paper. It's not something that you wrote on a piece of paper that you're going to just check off. It's about identifying your value systems. What do you value? You know, you might, you might want a lot of money in your business. That's cool. But why do you want that? That's your value system. You might value freedom. You might value luxuries. You might value being able to give to charity. You might value, you know, paying for your parents. You might value a lot of different things. It's not necessarily the money you value. You value the thing that you can do with that money with that, the freedom that it affords you, the luxuries that you get, the peace of mind that you get from that. So as we're coming into this intuitive entrepreneurship era, it's about identifying with our values. So this is gonna be a lot easier for us to decide like, yo, am I gonna take this project? Am I gonna speak to this person? Am I going to be part of this thing? Am I going to da, 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 da? Because if it doesn't align with your value, then you're not meeting any goals. Goals expire. They check off and then you literally crumple that piece of paper up and you throw it in the rest cycling. It's done. Values carry through this, through this goal, through that goal, through this goal and that goal. And your values are very consistent. They don't actually change. Your goals change because if your goal was to like run two miles, you know, be able to run two miles by the end of February. And then you ran, you were able to, you know, train up to that and you ran two miles. Good for you. I love that for you. Done. But then what, right? Then it's like, okay, now you got to chase another thing. And then you got to go to another thing. Then you got to go find another thing. And it's like, I'm bored. I'm, I'm lazy. I'm bored. I have, I have nothing to do. And I'm just chasing all these goals. But when you align with your value, that's the thing where you know, like, yo, that's something I had to learn pretty hard. You know, I was part of all these different studios in uh, when I first started um, sound healing and breath work and everything. When I was doing all this stuff, I was part of different studios because I thought they were affording me opportunities. And then I realized that they were actually very racist and they had a lot of colonized ideologies. They function in a place from a researcher of indigenous roots of breath work and sound healing. They were erasing. And I was somehow in that process. And I was like, oh, it must be okay because they're successful, right? And so I had to step back from that and be like, wait a second, is it me? Or do they just not have the value, same value system that I function in? And the second I let those quote unquote opportunities fly by me, you know, there's that fear of like, oh my gosh, like this is my money. This is where I, you know, get my opportunities. This is where blah, 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 whatever story you have. Once you let go of the things that are not aligned to your value, it opens up a whole pathway for other things of value to show up for you. And you mentioned briefly, you know, the social media scene too. It's like, I don't know if you've ever checked out my social media, but I'm just like an absolute troll on there. It's because it's like, I'm not a brand color and I don't, I, you know, it, it hasn't afford, it hasn't, you know, prevented people who actually want to work with me, not work to work with me, you know, people who want me to pretend don't want to work with me anymore. And that's okay because I wouldn't enjoy working with them anyway. But the fear <laughs> of that, the fear of like showing up in your authenticity, being seen and saying something, whether it's an opinion or whether it's, a, uh, you know, displaying your personality, that's about that intuition. That's about you being an actual human being rather than a regurgitated, you know, Instagram feed. More of yourself. And I was going to say more authenticity, but oh my God, I want to burn that word authenticity because it's so damn played out, but just more. <laughs> and you know what I mean, right? Or maybe it's less, just like do less. <laughs> just be yourself. This reminds me of a, I did a whole IGTV series in my car and I remember I got a lot of shit for it. And people were like, 
are you doing a training in your car? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And I did five of them because that's where I had the quietness and the space to do it. And like, I don't give a shit. And also you shouldn't care about how somebody looks or the presentation, just like listen to the message. And like, I think we're both saying that same thing, right? Of like, Mm. listen to the message and take the medicine and transmute that. Like, that's what you're here for. Not for us to look perfect or for us to be a curated feed. It's for us to self-express however that feels, whether it has colors or doesn't have colors, like who the freak cares. But one thing that you mentioned that I thought was so beautiful in a segue into this next topic of like who we were before before we continuously evolve into these other versions of ourselves. And it's so beautiful that you mentioned that you, your family seems so dynamic. You seem so like also um, multifaceted in all of your knowledge, your past knowledge and how you've bridged it into what you're doing now. And that's the conversation. Like that's the next part of this next era of combining all of our beautiful human gifts and all of our wisdom and innate stuff that we get to do all together. Um, I used to be a TV producer. And as you were saying the stuff about these studios being racist, I found myself playing this role of TV producer, writer at the very corporate level, working with white America and noticing that we were creating TV shows that really weren't putting our people in the best light. And I remember having to have that really like deep realization and just crying like, what the fuck? Like, what have I been a part of? What is my contribution? And then also the next part is like, what do I get to do with that? Mm. And I just love how you said, like, just walking away from the illusion of what we think an opportunity it is, uh, an opportunity represents. And I remember I was like doing a show on MTV. I was doing another show on VH1. I was writing. I was like, oh my God, like, yes, yes, yes. Like, this is the shit that I went to school for. I went to school for journalism, all of the things. And then I was like, why does this feel so bad? And the value system. What a beautiful way to... Uh, encompass that thought of like wait do I even want it to be a part of this is this something that I even value and the second part to this is really using the meter of feeling I think so often we forget how we wanted to feel in our business so I love that you brought in the value and then what I want to bring into this conversation is how do you want your business to feel How do you want to feel inside of that business is needed? Because yes, if you take on too many clients and you want freedom, maybe the two don't match, right? If you want community, but you're only doing online stuff and you never meet anybody. And yes, I know there's COVID, but in a perfect world, we would Mm. be able to meet up. Then those two things don't go together. So just constantly looking at our business, just even deeper and having those conversations of like, what is it doing? And just pausing, right? Like we can pause. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I strongly believe that, you know, you aren't your business. Yeah but you are a reflection of your business, you know, and vice versa, your business reflects your values too. And I'll touch upon that in terms of, you know, I put together a breathwork facilitator training because it was needed to be taught in a different way. There is, there are trainings out here that ignore the indigenous roots of breathwork. 
where it comes from, the history, the science, the physiology, the philosophy, and the feminine energies of breathwork practices. And I found this rhetoric being taught over and over again to prevent people from being healers, to being practitioners, to being guides, which is the opposite of what we need in our culture right now for our collective. We need more healers who have done the self-healing work, that have gone through the shadow nights, that, that have gone through their own crap and toxicities and are in that constant evolution process that are, you know, integrating identities, integrating their healing into work and actually put them into practices. So for me, when I started to, you know, realize that I was participating in places that didn't align with me, that were never going to be aligned with what I feel intuitively in my body. And sometimes I would be driving to some of these places and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to give it, you know, three more weeks. I'm going to give it three more weeks. And literally three more weeks after is when I made, made choices, you know, and it's because you intuitively already know where it makes sense for you to show up and where it doesn't make sense for you to show up. And the way that I train my facilitators, the way that I do things in always play studios isn't to regurgitate somebody and hold them down and to put them through, you know, levels of breathwork training and years and years and years. It's like, I always tell people that you got to keep continuing to do your work and you're ready to show up in your process. You're ready to show up and don't be afraid to be seen in your process. Because a lot of us, like you were saying, you know, you're shooting things from your car. You know, it's not because you did something wrong. It's because somebody else has a perception of what it should look like. And it actually is on us to get scared when we get scared and we're like, oh, so-and-so said that because you said this and this, this, and because they said like, I couldn't do it in the car. And now you feel scared to show up. That is part of your own healing to still show up, even if there's a troll out here who has some idiot opinion about where <laughs> you're doing an IGTV, like it's so important, you know, like then don't watch my IGTV that's in the car, <laughs> you know, then don't, don't like, don't bother your energy in places that don't align with your storytelling and your narratives. So part of our responsibility as intuitive entrepreneurs and people in the healing space is to actually show up in the way that we preach even if it's challenging and even if it's hard and even if you do feel discouraged take some time to integrate that understand like wait a second if i'm you know quote unquote preaching authenticity and then i can't even like make a video in my car you know because i give a crap about whatever then what's what am i participating in what stories do i need to heal what is my responsibility in what I'm creating? Because when we perpetuate the things that we don't want to see come into fruition, we're part of the problem. We didn't do anything. We didn't keep making our video. You know, we didn't keep doing that. You know, if you change your mind about it for other reasons, then it's that, then sure. Like you don't have to be stuck to, you know, doing something because you did it a few times. That's absolutely true too. And so for me, I always try to come back to, you know, when you mentioned like who we were before and who we are now, 
I'm really gentle with myself. And I think about like every person that I've been in the past and my chat, I have no negative feelings or being like, oh, I can't think about her or she was so sad or she was like this. I'm just like, yo, you did a really good job. You like set me up for this. Like you set me up to do this. Thank you. And as I do things right now, I'm thinking about my future self and I'm setting her up to be in a better place and in a more happy place and a more joyous place. And of course, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know the things that I don't know. So I can't, you know, be like, this is my final form. I know everything. And this is, you know, I'm, I, I'm like the most enlightened woke person that, you know, <laughs> has nothing to heal because I've gotten to like level 10 of healing, you know, toxic positivity, toxic spirituality, toxic healer mentality. It's like, I'm not about it. I'm a person. I'm a human. I'm a soul having a human experience. I'm over here and I just don't know what I don't know. So for me, it's about giving myself grace through every person that I have been. And the part of that thing that I mentioned before about that identity integration is also integrating all the parts of me that I have been, not just in title, but all the, all the ways that, you know, I used to show up in friend groups or I used to show up in school or I used to show up here or I used to show up with, with my family. It's all a work in progress, you know? And when you meet each other, when your past self meets your future self and your future self meets your present self and all the different fake titles that you take on, and that you, you know, think they're so important, like healer, guide, you know, coach, they're made up, we made them up that you're just a person, you know, you are whatever you say you are. And if you weren't, then why would you say you are Eminem, you know, and, and, and it's like, when those identities actually meet each other, what you're going to find is that there's gentleness that comes from that. Because you understand why you had to do certain things and why you thought certain things and why you felt certain ways. And they start to integrate. And so from here where I am right now, I don't ever look back at a time in my life. And, it, and, and as we were talking, I'm like trying to think about a time where I'm just like, oh, like that was bad. I'm like, yeah, were those great things? Like, did, was that the best time of my life? Was that, you know, amazing, awesome? No, I'm not going to lie and say that. But if I'm looking at myself as the person experiencing it. And it's like, you're fine. You were learning. You were growing. You're processing. You're progressing. And you get to. So be gentle. You get to just be. <laughs> and on the topic of gentle, have gratitude. Because I think that's the thing that comes up the most. It's like looking at our former past versions, the Melissa that was drinking way too much, passing out on top of the bar mm. and doing all of the things. And just like having so immense gratitude for all of these versions that you said it perfectly, that really sets us up to be this person. And that our current self continues to set us up for tomorrow and the next month and the next month. And it's so beautiful that we can just look at all of these things and just be gentle, be grateful, and that none of it needs to mean anything, right? I think we come from a world where we constantly want to make things good or bad right or wrong. You know, when you mentioned stuff about like the analytical part of you, I'm like, oh my God, yes. I was so that person, especially being a TV producer for 10 years and, you know, selling million dollar budgets and, you know, 
I think success comes with lots of limits and lots of boxes. You have to do this and then you will get there. If you perform like this, you will get there. And it's so limiting to not only our spirit, our brain, all of it. And when we release and get out of those boxes, we realize that there is so much fucking more that we don't even know, right? This intuitive business that we're talking about and intuitive approaches to business. I love that we're like spending a good portion here because it's such an important topic. I remember when I first started even my business, I was like, oh my God, I need to figure out a different way to do business. Otherwise I can't do this, right? So it's the same thing that you're saying, right? It's like, I'm a sound healer. I'm doing all of these practices and you are so much more than that, right? But for the sake of this conversation, you're doing this thing and you realize that this is toxic people are doing this in a different way people are teaching this in a different way I come from a yoga background you know when I quit my job and started going to India and Thailand and I ended up in Morocco and I did a, a teacher training there with strangers <laughs> um, and I ended up being there for a month man, you fucking just learn, right? Like you actually learn about what's important about mm -hmm. that real concept of less is more. And you don't really need anything that, you know, everybody keeps talking about freedom, freedom, freedom. What's freedom? Freedom for me is like the ability to not have anything that weighs you down. And that's why so many entrepreneurs feel stuck in their business. This is why when sometimes, you know, I see people suffering is that identification with, I am this, I am a coach, I am a healer, I'm a this, so I have to do that. And it really doesn't get to be that. It really, you nailed it, the reflection, right? Our business is a reflection of all of the different versions of who we are, who we're going to be and who we currently are. And truly, I feel that our business helps us heal. You know, coming from that yoga background of doing a lot of the work and integrating the sutras and the yamas and the niyamas and some of the disciplines that we come with, I found that when I was in business, I was healing even more. I was like, oh shit, what's the aspect of myself that doesn't want to show up right now? What's up? Let's meet. What's going on? And oh shit, this is rubbing you the wrong way. What's up? What's going on? It was like that constant inquiry, you know, because oftentimes our practices, they're beautiful, right? But we're coming to them potentially with a problem. We're coming to them with the anxiety. We're coming to them with the wanting the relief. And when we look at our business potentially as also this healing vehicle, as this thing that we truly get to be ourselves in all of the phases, in all of the mass, it can be really healing. It can be yeah. really amazing. hundred percent. And I always think that your inner world is a direct reflection on your outer world. Yeah. And not just in your business, but you can like just look around your space, you know? And I know when I'm feeling like, low energy or kind of overwhelmed, I'll find that I have more clutter around my house. You know, I have like things that I haven't picked up, books that I've just left, you know, it's not like mess, but it's just a little bit more clutter, but it, it reflects on that. So I highly agree that you mean, uh, what you mean like be, being in business is that healing journey too. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, one other thing that I want to touch on, and then we'll keep going here, this notion of building businesses as well that um, provide scripts and the how-tos. And I think you kind of mentioned that before, like three steps to do X, Y, and Z, which 
it can be helpful, right? Mm. Because, you know, we do like to look at things in list form. I think the problem becomes that this is the only thing that we're ingesting and that it puts us in this box of like, I can't reach more or it brings shame, right? Like I couldn't achieve this in this container. So now I'm shameful. And just your opinion on like, coaches and just like general practices that bring in scripts and things like that to just continuously repeat a process and what your opinions are are on that because that was like a a big thing for me I remember and when I say like I wanted to figure it out if not I wasn't going to have a business it really came with that I was like wait why is everybody telling me to do these three steps in order to get these results? But I can't even do the three steps. Fuck the results. Mm. Like I, I remember um, somebody taught me how to do like a free challenge. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I have a course. I came to this person. I was like, I want to like, you know, sell out this course. It's going to be about yoga and meditation and, you know, mm. all the things that I was studying at the time. And they were like, yeah, great. Do this free, free challenge. And I'm not saying that this doesn't work, guys. This absolutely works. It just doesn't work for me. Mm. and making peace with that because I remember while I did it I was like doing all the lives I was doing all the emails I was doing all this stuff I was in the doingness right the masculine energy instead of the beingness and I was like I hate this I don't want to do this and just coming to terms with that does it mean that I couldn't be an entrepreneur it's just that I was going to do business a little differently and I think that's the message that we're saying here it's just like go inward see what feels good create your values figure out how you want to feel in your business and move from that place take a little bit of what feels good take a little bit of this conversation and just say okay I agree with what Shanila saying I agree with Melissa saying but I don't like this and I don't like that and that Mm -hmm. it gets to be that it gets to be that we just like kind of pick and choose a little bit so yeah just any reflections or your opinions on like scripts and copy edit paste here (laughs) there's so much there's so much goodness that you're dropping here and I really resonate with the thing that you know we're only also just sharing our perspectives you know so here's not like one way or not one way and the thing is like scripts and scripts and strategies are really Really incredible if you know what you're trying to get to at the outcome. So if you know where you're going, if you know you're going to the Grand Canyon, it's really easy to give you directions to go to the Grand Canyon. This is the bus you take. This is the train you take. These, this is the hotel you live at. This is the pathway. You can get a map to that. But if a lot of people who come into businesses, they don't actually know what their destination is. They don't know where their destination is. They thought they wanted to the go, wanted to go to the Grand Canyon, but they actually wanted to go to the beach of Greece. They wanted to go to Greece. They wanted to go to California. They wanted to go to Mexico. They didn't really understand that this direction, this strategy, this set of rules, these one, two, three, four, five steps were taking you to the Grand Canyon. So when they come into these programs, when they go get a coach, I think there's a little bit of introspection that's missing and perhaps it's also the coach's responsibility to let people know like, hey, I'm taking you to the Grand Canyon. So if you want to go to the Grand Canyon, then this is the steps that we're going to take to go there. Mm -hmm. But now you might be like, I want to go to the Grand Canyon, but I'm not about to get on the plane or I'm not about to get on the train or I'm not about to walk, you know, so you might have an aversion to that pathway. So part of your responsibility is also to kind of do the thing that you were saying 
saying, Melissa, sometimes it is that discovery process where you do try out a couple of different vehicles. You go like live and then you go podcast and then you go YouTube and then you go this and then you go email, da, da, da. It's okay for you to do that. And it's okay if you decide like nine out of 10 things are crap for you. It's not gonna, it's not gonna be your jam. It doesn't vibe with you. It's not in your energy. And just know the difference between it being like, are you just lazy and you don't want to commit and you don't want to have consistency or if this format or this vehicle is just not for you, right? And so part of that is a self-discovery process and it's not anything to do with the coach. I really don't believe it's anything to do with the coach. I think it is a discovery process that a lot of people, when they come into containers, when they come into groups, it's part of their own discovery things. And for the coach's part, It's also letting yourself off the hook to know that sometimes people just don't understand that this isn't their vehicle and I was only teaching this vehicle. And so for myself, I don't actually call myself a coach. I call myself a mentor. And in my head, it's a little bit different because in my life, I've had a lot of mentors. I've never really gone in and gotten a coach. It's because a mentor helps you on that discovery process. They're not the ones telling you, here's where you go. This is the Grand Canyon. This is where you're going. And these are the three steps that we're going to take to get there. A mentor helps you find like, yo, do you actually want to go to the Grand Canyon? Is that actually where you want to go? And so if you do not want to go to the Grand Canyon and you would rather be at the beach, you would rather be somewhere like on a resort having a pina colada, if that's where you would rather be, let's game plan for you to get there in the way to the place that you actually want to go to. So there is slight difference between having a mentor that helps you in that discovery process versus having a coach that gets you from point A to point B. And so a coach is incredible. Coaches are those transformer archetypes. Earlier when I was mentioning the healer archetypes, the coaches are the transformer archetypes. They're really good at seeing the bigger picture and they know how to get you from point A to point B. So in a group program and a group setting, it's almost, it's a little bit harder to individualize that pathway or that vehicle. It's a little bit harder to individualize that. And I think in the coaching space and the mentorship space and like the business coaching space, there's a rhetoric that like it worked for me. So it should work for you. It worked for me. And so, and it worked for all these people who gave me incredible testimonials. So it should be working for you. And so part of you as a participant in some of these programs, you might feel like what's wrong with me. Am I not working hard enough? Or am I, you know, not listening? And then you, you figure out your own narrative and your storytelling that literally devalidates and devalues all the ways that your strengths are not tapped into by following this particular procedure. It's not that this procedure doesn't work. It's that it's just not in alignment with you. So you got to let it go. Like you don't want to go to the Grand Canyon, then don't go. You know, like why you, get, why you go there just to complain about it? You know, like stay home. You, you ever go like somewhere with your friends and somebody's just like complaining the whole time, like leave them at home. Like, why'd you come? Like, let me just have a good time. So you might be that person in the group where you're all about that complaining, right? In a mentorship model, which is, you know, I've had mentors for 10 years that are from academia all the way through everything that I've done. Nobody told me what to do or how to be or anything. 
they just asked me the right questions that helped me kind of answer things for myself. And I'm a true believer that no coach, no mentor, no guru, no guy, no practitioner tells you what you already know about yourself. There is nobody standing on a pedestal being like, here's how, this is how you should show up. This is your skills or this is your strengths or this is not your strengths. You are your own power source and you have the ability to tap into that at any time. For, you know, I'll share a little example for myself. I also, you know, threw a couple of different things at at the wall when I was starting. And right now I just started up like a YouTube channel. So I'm putting up like meditations on there and I'm okay to quit if it's not something that's joy is for me anymore. If it feels like it's a chore, not because like I'm feeling lazy today, but it actually feels like a chore and I can't sit and do it. But what I did find is that, wow, I'm actually really enjoying talking. And so I started up a podcast and started sharing information about spiritual exploration, personal development, intuitive entrepreneurship, and it hit a top six podcast in 22 days. And that's because when you tune into your actual skill sets, your ability to understand where you already have strengths, that's where you're going to thrive the most. And then you can build other things that aren't natural. Maybe you want to learn like video editing and it's like not very natural to you and it's going to take more time and effort and perseverance to do that. You can add those things at any time. You can always add on, but instead of making it hard for yourself and getting on a vehicle that isn't in alignment with you, come back to your own inner knowing. Like, what are you good at? You know, are you good at storytelling? Are you good at talking? Are you really good at being a video? Are you good at drawing? Are you good at writing? Because if you you are forcing yourself to, you know, uh, I, I think a really toxic rhetoric in the, in the business space is like, everybody's got to know, like, and trust you, know, like, and trust you. So you're like presenting yourself as somebody who is likable or knowable or trustable in a way that you think somebody's supposed to know, like, and trust you instead of actually being, you know, attracting the people who actually like you, actually know you and actually trust you for what you're saying. And so your method of doing that might not be on, you know, IG lives. It might not be on YouTube. It might not be on a podcast. It might be because you make really dope art or you make videos that are creative and it doesn't have your face on it ever, or you record something and you share something, or you have like some movement based something that you can do that somebody else who, who, you know, is feeling like they can't show their body on camera or because they can't do this or because they don't have art skills or because they don't have video editing skills cannot replicate because your internal skills are already there with you. And for, and for, you know, to kind of just like wrap up this long answer to your question is that (laughs) the coaching space and the mentorship space are really valuable. And I recommend people having coaches. If you already know where you're going, if you have a vision in mind, then get the coach that you see has that result. Absolutely. However, if you are in a space where you're like, I'm not really sure, and I'm still in that self-discovery process, and I want to be malleable, and I want to be adaptable as I proceed, because I'm not stuck on getting to destination X, I'm open to the beach, but I'm also open to the desert, and I'm also open to, you know, going to the canyon and whatever, then a mentorship model can help you a little bit more, because there's a little bit more self-discovery process in that. 
Yes. Yes to everything you said. There are so many things to cover. I feel like me and you can talk about this for days and days and days because we, I can tell, are seeing eye to eye on all of, a lot of these things. And I totally agree with the mentorship model and even teacher. I find that, you know, as guides and people who learn from other people, these ancient practices, I always bring my teachers in the mix. I'm like, well, this is what I learned from my teacher. This is what I gathered. And it's just such a beautiful way to communicate. Like, here's how I interpreted it, which is basically what we're saying with business, right? That's the, that is, that can be the problem here when we just tell somebody to copy, edit, paste, instead of how are you interpreting this? How does it feel good for you? Take what works leave what doesn't and keep going. But I want to come back to this notion of trust. Because I'm noticing that even in our conversation, there's like lightning happening between you and I, Mm. I can feel it. And a lot of it has to do with having the ability to trust yourself, show up in these spaces and almost have this like, I don't give a fuck. Like, this is what we have to do. Here's how we're moving. Here's how we're proceeding. Join who wants to join. Don't join. Don't join if you don't feel it. But that doesn't change my inner knowing of who I am. And I find that that's a hard place for people to get to. Oh, yeah. And if you're listening to this, I really want to encourage you to, this is why I love the practice of meditation, of stillness, of yoga. This is why I joined your breathwork uh, facilitator. Thank you so much for just showing up in these spaces that we really need to help people like myself and so many other people that I know are being blessed with your gifts because it's there. It's there truly that we do find the answers that we do figure out how do I want to proceed, not just in fucking business, but just like in life. Like, Mm. how do I actually want to live my life? How do I actually want to feel? Like, what does that look like for me? And less about like, what does it look like for everybody else? And I love that you, you added that like, no like trust factor, because we all say that, right? But it's in how you're interpreting it, right? Like, if you're externally performing for people to know, like, and trust you, that doesn't feel good. But if you're showing up in this way where people naturally are being magnetized to you, that's different. That has a different energy. It becomes easy, right? Like this beautiful way of like, congratulations, like top six podcasts in like 20 something days. That's fucking incredible. But it just goes to show you that one, when you're on that path of dharma or what we like to say our purpose work in yoga it really does supersonic speed the destination it really does it's Mm. so powerful when you actually do what you're truly meant to do in the way that you want to do it we started our business and we created i i think it was six figures in seven months and then after that we created like 650k in like 18 months And it's interesting because I always get the question of like, what are you doing? Like, can you show Mm. me? And it's just like, I'm just operating from a place of checking in every day, noticing what feels good, doing that, not shaming myself if I don't want to show up or if I think I have to launch and I have to do X, Y, Z. And I'll give you a perfect example. I'm in the middle of a launch. So for those of you guys that want to join, Unleash and Unveil Your Soul Business is now open. And 
it's interesting. I always do these set of things to allow the business course to kind of promote itself. I do an IGTV series. I do some mini trainings. And this is, again, guys, real behind the scenes. And this is what gets to happen because I like to talk. So I put myself in the places where I get to talk. And because I get to talk and teach, which is another one of my archetypes, I love to teach people. People naturally like the information. But guess what? I don't want to do any of those things. And you could shame somebody, right? You could be shaming yourself, but no, I have to do this. But this is the way I did it before. And this is the way it has to be. But it doesn't. I don't have to do that. And people are still enrolling and we're halfway filled and nothing is happening because nothing needs to happen, Mm -hmm. right? We don't need the other exterior things in order to fill up our programs or to have a bomb ass business. We just have to show up in the places and in the feeling that feels good and come back to that value system. Shanila, it's been such freaking pleasure having you. I feel like we need like podcast part two, girl. (laughs) We didn't even get to the breath work. Um, but I did want to thank you so, so much. If you can please tell us uh, how to find you, what are some of your offers, specifically anything that you have to mention about breathwork and how it can help us. Um, I just want to thank you in advance for having you. We have kicked it so hard today, had so many real freaking gems and breakthroughs, and I thoroughly loved having you. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, friends, you can find me on alwaysplay.org. If you're down to come train in sound healing, you want to learn all about crystal bowls and how to play sound baths. Uh, If you want to become a breathwork facilitator, we have a lot of nurses, coaches, therapists who come and learn the number one somatic healing tool in the world. You can head to alwaysplay.org. You can also find me on the IG. I'm at shanila.sitar. And also go to alwaysplay.org forward slash healer archetype and you can find your own healer archetype. And I'm going to hook Melissa up and all the listeners with a little discount code so that if you want to come into the trainings, you can save a little money and I'll see yeah, you Yeah, funny. Thank you. Okay, drop it in, girl. <laughs> Um, are you going to drop in a, a code or should I send this to people? How, how should we get this? This We'll leave it in the show notes. Yes. Amazing. So that means guys, you have to watch this episode and open that email that I send you. Thank you, Shanila, again. Namaste, you beautiful soul. I will see you guys the next time. Thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye. See you. Breathe.